It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome to Money for Lunch. Good to have you here. Just, uh, what do you call it? Just an interesting time to, uh, uh, what do you call it? To be alive, I guess. There's just a lot of things happening. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of things happening with uh, the current administration, uh, the impeachment. You know what? I personally don't believe it's going to be that big of a deal. And, and let me tell you why. Uh, just because a president is impeached doesn't mean he will stop being the president. Uh, a few years ago, or a few, you know, many years ago, I guess, uh, Bill Clinton was impeached and then he was pardon or whatever the correct terminology is. So there's a lot happening there on the political side. There's also a lot of things happening in the area of, of uh, what do you call it, uh, innovation. Robotics continue to move forward. Uh, it's amazing what these robots are able to do. So if you check out moneyforlunch.com, you can see uh, this video that we put up uh, about the latest development in robotics, it will blow you away. Absolutely freak you out. Uh, anyway, let's get the party started. Um, I've always considered myself to be just average talent. And what I have is a ridiculous, insane obsessiveness for practice and preparation. That quote is by Will Smith. So the quote of the day, that's what I should have said. The quote of the day, uh, by Will Smith, I've always considered myself to be just average talent. And what I have is a ridiculous, insane obsessiveness for practice and preparation. All right, let's get this party started. Joining me today is Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans disability benefits, as well as Social Security disability benefits. A founding partner of Jackson McNichol, he has been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox network affiliates around the country. He most recently appeared as a guest of the Ben Glass, uh, of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show, discussing benefits for veterans and Social Security disability benefits, and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disability. He's also been quoted in USA Today and is listed in Cambridge Who's Who. Mr. Jackson was honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with a Quilly Award in September of 2012 for his contribution to the Amazon bestselling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. In 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's Most Trusted Lawyers for his outstanding work in disability. Francis Jackson, welcome back to Money for Lunch. Thank you, Bert. Always a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, uh, I've you know I say this time and time again. I I totally appreciate what you guys do there uh, at Jackson McNichol. Um, and the shortcut for our listeners today is um, veteransbenefits.com. Veteransbenefits.com is the shortcut. If you have questions about your veterans benefits. If you have questions about any of your disability benefits, you can go to veteransbenefits.com um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and get some help. Um, 
So let, let's get started with this. Um, give us a quick Reader's Digest version of what Jackson McNichol or VeteransBenefits.com does for veterans. Sure. What we do, Bert, is to help veterans who are having difficulty getting their disability benefits from the VA. Um, there are a bunch of different pieces to that, but that's the heart of it. And the primary things that we start off with are helping veterans to understand what benefits they're eligible for. The question that we most commonly get asked is, am I eligible for benefits? And it is amazing how many veterans do not understand the benefits that they are potentially eligible for with the VA, um, whether you're talking medical benefits or disability compensation benefits or benefits for uh, the family of a deceased veteran. Uh, there's, there's just a, an amazing lack of information out there despite the number of sources of information that are available. There are lots of folks who just don't know what kind of benefits are potentially available. Yeah, and I can see that because it can be uh, uh, overwhelming at times. And, you know, like a lot of things in life, you don't pay attention until you need those benefits, right? I mean, so, so you're told that you're entitled to this, that, and the other thing, but in that moment, you're you're – you don't care because you're healthy and life is great. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe a year later or five years later or 10 years later, all of a sudden you need those benefits and you don't know where to start. That's right. Bert. All right. So besides asking, uh, you know, what's the, uh, what do you call it? If I'm eligible, what's the most, what's the next most common question that you get? Oh, the next most common question is always, how do I apply? And, and, uh, that has changed. It used to be that you could literally write a note to the VA on a, a paper towel or a napkin and uh, send it in and say you want help with your claim, and they would pretty much reach out and do it for you. But it's gotten a little more complicated now. You have to file a particular form. Um, you can get that form online. It's uh, the 526EZ form, uh, Application for Benefits, and you can either fill it out online and submit it online, or you can get a paper copy from the VA or get someone to print it for you and then fill it out and send it in to the VA. And still, if you, uh, if you contact the VA about getting benefits, they will get back to you and tell you how to do it. But um, the actual application is now required. You, you do have to send that in. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, all right, so so uh, if I'm eligible, question most common question, second most cost, uh, question asked is how do I apply? Uh, are there any other any other common questions that you get? Well, there are lots, but probably the next most common bird is what happens if I get denied? Because a lot of the folks I'm talking to are folks who have have uh, been denied benefits, and the uh, the answer to that has gotten a little different because of some recent changes in the law, but essentially the way it works is you have two choices now. You can 
uh, file what the, the VA calls a supplemental claim, which is, again, a, a form online. And what that does is lets you kind of go back and start over at the beginning with the same claim or start over again with a claim that was denied years ago, if, if that's your situation. Say, you know, perhaps you left the military, you made a claim for um, a, a shoulder problem, wasn't too bad, you got turned down, you've kind of lived with it, and now it's getting really bad, and you really need to get some help with it. Um, so you want to reopen that claim. So you use this supplemental claim form, and again, that's available online, and that lets you start the claim all over again. Or you can use that same claim uh, form to start your claim over if you've recently been denied. But generally speaking, the most effective thing to do if you've been denied is to file an appeal. And the good news is there have been some recent changes in the law, as you know. And what those do is cut out some of the steps that were slowing down the appeal process. So now you can file an appeal directly to the Board of Veterans Appeals in Washington as soon as you get turned down. And they will give you um, options. You you have three options at the board. If you think that your claim was absolutely perfect and can't be improved on, um, and the VA just got it wrong in turning you down, you can opt for the fastest lane, which is where the board just looks at what you submitted to the VA. You don't get to submit anything new. You don't get a hearing. They just look at what uh, what the uh, original regional office folks looked at and say either you uh, got properly denied and you should go away, or they say, no, you were improperly denied, and they remand it to the original office. That's probably the least helpful approach. Um, the, the next uh, possibility at the board is there's a way to appeal. Uh, they call these lanes, but it, it's simply a way to appeal. And it uh, allows you to submit new evidence, but you don't get a hearing. You just send in your new evidence. You explain why that should get you the benefits that you asked for. And eventually the board will get around to looking at it. And again, they'll either say, yes, uh, you're entitled to benefits, or uh, no, you're not, or it's somewhere in the middle and we're going to remand it and have the regional office look at this new evidence you sent in and try to develop your case more. The, uh, the other alternative at the board, and the one that we typically recommend to most people because it has the highest rate of success, is an actual hearing with the board. And in that instance, what happens is you get to actually be face-to-face, -face, either in person or by video, with a judge from the board. You get to present any new evidence that you want. And... More important, you get to explain to the judge why you're entitled to benefits. And I personally am convinced that that is the most powerful thing in most of these cases. The opportunity for a face-to-face -face chance to talk to the judge and explain to the judge why it is that you are actually entitled to these benefits that you're asking for. You can talk about what happened to you in the service how it caused your current problems. You can explain what your current problems are. You can uh, bring in new medical evidence about your problems and how they're related to service. And 
know you can bring in uh, statements from folks who served with you about what happened in the service and how that shows that you're entitled to these benefits. Um, you can bring in uh, your spouse, for example, to talk about the severity of the problems that you're having. So it really gives you a much wider set of options, a much better opportunity to convince the board to grant benefits. And as I said, that's typically what we recommend to most clients. Now, sometimes there'll be a very technical issue, very narrow issue, and we recommend to clients that they uh, simply submit new evidence and and show that um, this technical issue isn't really a problem and here's the evidence that explains why. But uh, generally speaking, uh, we, we encourage people to have a hearing at the board if it's at all possible. For some people who are too elderly or too ill or too disabled, then we, we're not able to do that. But uh, the statistics from the board show that you have at least a 10% higher chance of success if you have an actual hearing with the board. Yeah, and, and, and to me, that's, that's, that's huge. One of the things that uh, I want to kind of focus on, you mentioned something that, uh, that um, the, the veteran can, can file an appeal, I think is what you said, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and eventually, I think is the word that you use, eventually they'll get to it. Uh, is that yeah. one of the reasons that a face-to-face is so much better because they get to it quicker as well? Talk about this. No, no, that doesn't speed things up any. Um, and in all honesty, uh, there are some hints from the board that it may even slow things down a little bit. But um, what I encourage my clients to do is to take the uh, the extra time, if that's what's required, in order to get the best possible result. And we've gotten very good results at the board. Um, you know, we, we got six decisions on Monday from the board, and out of those, five of them were either all the issues were, all the benefits were either granted or remanded for further hearing. We only had one where the benefits were denied. So, you know, those are pretty good odds. And my my belief, my firm belief, is that it's the opportunity to make that personal connection with the judge and explain in detail what happened, answer the judge's questions about how it happened, why it happened, how it affects you now. Those Those things, I think, are really why the statistics are so much more favorable if you actually have a hearing. And so I encourage people, even though uh, it, it, uh, it looks like it may take a little longer, to go ahead and, and go that route because what I'm convinced of is that that will be the shortest result in the long run. The problem is if you just send in the stuff and you don't make any connection with the judge and they look it over, a lot of the time they just remand it and you don't get granted at that point. You go back through the whole process again. Sometimes that happens even with a personal hearing, but it happens less. And, you know, if you if you get granted at the board, even if you've waited a little longer, you're done. You've won. You've got your benefits. Whereas if you send everything in and it just gets remanded, you've got to go through the loop again. And while that's necessary sometimes and even important sometimes, 
certainly if you can get granted at the board, even if it takes a little longer to get there, you end up with benefits sooner overall. Yeah, I, I could see that. I, I could see the benefit of that immediately. Uh, totally agree with you. Even though it might take, as you said, uh, in some cases a little bit longer, the reality is that the judge, it sounds like the judge has the flexibility to say, yeah, let's grant it right now versus having, you know, versus remanding it and starting all over again. Is that right? That's correct. Bert. And so that's, that's what we're, that's what we're typically after at the board. Now I, I, I have to be candid. We don't, we don't win all the time. Sometimes our cases get remanded and sometimes they even get denied, but denials are rare. And, um, you know, if we can if we can get a grant instead of a remand, it's going to save at least a couple of years in terms of getting the benefits. So, I I consistently tell people that it will probably take a little longer for you to get a hearing, but you've got the opportunity then to get granted right there and to win your case and be done. Whereas if you just send in uh, a memo and documents. It may get granted. That happens once in a while, but mostly those cases get remanded. Yeah, yeah, and, and ultimately that's what we're trying to avoid. Is we, you know, we we want to make sure it goes as quickly as possible, especially somebody who's already been waiting uh, years, right? Because this stuff moves very slowly. Uh, all right, so so we've talked about the eligibility question. We talked about the uh, you know how to get started question. Um, any other uh, common question that you get? Yeah. The one you were just talking about. How long is this going to take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and unfortunately, the system's still pretty slow. But let me just kind of walk you through um, how the system did work and how it's been changed, and point out the difference, and you'll you'll see the, the significance. It used to be the way this worked. You'd, you'd make your application, you'd get your rating decision, you'd file a notice of disagreement from the rating decision, and typically the next step would be um, a uh, decision review officer decision, or the decision review officer could issue a statement of the case, or they could just issue a statement of the case uh, directly without any decision review officer participation. But in, in any of those events, you, you get to this um, decision that is is called a statement of the case it, it you know this thing is a stack of paper birth that runs 20 to 40 pages has all wow. kinds of boilerplate in there and it's supposed to enlighten you about why you got denied on the things you got denied on why you got granted at the level you got granted on on the ones you got granted on and it's just um, mostly meaningless boilerplate that doesn't apply in a lot of circumstances to the individual that's getting it. So it's, it's, it was a source of enormous confusion. And the other, the other problem, when you got your statement of the case, unlike when you got your original decision where you had a year to appeal, after the statement of the case, you only have 60 days to file a specific form to the VA called a Form 9. And lots of veterans missed that 60-day window form sometimes uh, because they were slow and sometimes because the VA has had a, a, a systemic problem to the point that their inspector general has talked about it. 
where they didn't actually send out the statement of the case to mm. veterans and their representatives. Um, so, you know, people would not uh, not file in, in the 60-day window, and that would lose their appeal. They'd have to go back and start over at the beginning and not get to the board. So the new appeal process now cuts out that whole intermediate step. If you get the denial from the regional office, you can then go directly to the Board of Veterans Appeals. You just file one form, a notice of disagreement. It starts your appeal running. It takes it directly to the board. And while you're in line with lots of other people, at least you're in line at the board. There's no possibility that you get bounced out because you didn't respond to a statement of the case. You don't have to wait for the whole certification process that um, used to be the regional office had to certify the appeal to the board. And there was a recent lawsuit, um, the Monk's case, at the, uh, at the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. Um, and then the Godsey case, which is the, uh, the recent decision. And in Godsey, the court found that there was such a serious problem with certifying these appeals that literally thousands of people were waiting more than two years to have their appeals certified. And wow. so the the court ordered the VA to go ahead and certify all the ones that have been waiting two years or more. But the important point in all that is in this new system, that process is cut out entirely. So uh, you've now saved a year and a half, two years right there in the certification process. Um, so, you know, it's it has expedited things some. It's still not a fast system. You still wait quite a while for the board. And probably the most important thing I have to say to my clients over and over is to win these cases, it's about patience and persistence. you gotta got to marry those two qualities. But if you'll be patient and you just be persistent, eventually we'll get there. And that's sometimes a very difficult set of skills when you've already been waiting for years or you're dealing with pain or you're dealing with, you know, uh, some financial issue that's due to your disability. That's really kind of tough to deal with, isn't it? It is. You know, we have clients that lose their homes. We have clients that go through bankruptcy. It's not pretty. But, you know, you uh, you can only do what you can do. And Unfortunately, there's there's no special magic that lets us uh, jump over the, all the people that are waiting and push our clients to the head of the line. Mm-hmm. I, I wish there was, but there's not. Um, sometimes there there are opportunities to expedite cases, and we we always look for those. Um, if if our client is over 75, we can get it expedited. If our client is facing bankruptcy, we can get it expedited. You know, there are there are options. Um, with the most dramatic sets of circumstances. But for most people, you just have to get in line and patiently wait. And as you said, it's very difficult and very frustrating. Um, you know, there isn't a month goes by that I don't have at least one client call up and say, gee, I'm thinking about dropping this case. It's just taken too long. And usually I can explain to them that, you know, we're, we're making progress. You've moved up. You know, bear with us a little longer. We'll get there. And sometimes they just say, no, I, I can't can't tolerate this anymore, and I want to withdraw my claim, and so be it. But we, we try not to let that happen. 
Sure. Well, and the reality is that if you think it's taking a long time now, dropping your case isn't going to solve anything. There's no value. There's no benefit in dropping the case, is there? There's not, Bert. But but for some people, it's it's like having a burr under the saddle. You know, they yeah. they just they just can't deal with having this uncertainty hang out there forever. And and the only way they can cope with that is to just drop the claim. And that's that's terribly unfortunate. And we always try to talk them out of it. But once in a while, that people just say, No, I I, I can't deal with this anymore. I can't do it. And I, I, I've just got to end this. And that's what happens. But by and large, uh, we're able to explain to people, you know, it's slow. We understand that it's slow. We know that it's slow. We're doing everything that can be done, but you've got to wait a little longer. And, and usually most people are able to hang in with us till we get to the end. Yeah. That, that And I could see that. That, that definitely... Uh, can wear on somebody. It's something that's taking space in their head and also taking emotional uh, toll on them. And, and I could just see them saying, hey, you know what? It's it's just enough is enough. I'll just cut my losses and move forward. Yeah, and that, that sometimes happens. And sadly, and as you pointed out, if you do that, there there is no benefit. And it's not uncommon for the person to come back to us a year or two later and say, yeah, I really have to have these benefits, and I, you know, it was a mistake to drop it, but now I need to start over. And will you help me? And and we do. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, you mentioned you mentioned uh, the fact that the, the the appeal process has changed uh, a, a little bit. It sounds like, uh, and so have these questions and issues changed along? With the appeal, with the new appeal process. Well, uh, specific questions about the appeal process certainly have changed. Bert, uh, used to be, as I said, we we kind of went through this system where you you got your denial at the regional office, or you got a rating that you thought was unfairly low, and we would file a notice of disagreement. That would lead to a uh, review by a decision review officer, and, and I have to say, I, I wanted to. One of the things that I'm disappointed with about the new law is that it takes away the decision review officer process because we solved a lot of cases with decision review officers. We had some some really good uh, decision review officers around the country, and uh, a lot of them resolved these cases without them having to go to the board. And what's happened now is there is an intermediate process. It's called higher-level review, but... Excuse me. They uh, they don't allow higher level review folks to look at any new evidence. So if you got turned down at the regional office and you can't submit any new evidence, odds are that on higher level review the result's going to be the same. And that's been our experience. So we we hardly ever ask for higher level review anymore. But uh, once in a while you can show that. It was such a clear error in what was done at the regional office that uh, they can fix it on higher level review, and, and we've, we've had a few of those. But mostly um, what what has happened now, instead of going through the original process with the decision, the notice of disagreement, decision review, officer review, 
issue of statement of the case, certification of the board, and going to the board, um, people are are confused, if you will, by the simplicity of the new system, which is, okay, I got my decision. Uh, it wasn't what I wanted. I can now go right to the board. But, you know, that's it's it's simple. It's straightforward. We can do that. It just, uh, unfortunately, you have to get in line and wait for your turn at the board. But the board is turning out like 90,000 decisions a year. So, you know, it's not not like you're going to be there 20 years. You may be there three or four, but you're not going to be there forever. So it um, it, it does move along a little better, and those are the, the big questions we've gotten asked about the change. Yeah, I, and, I, and I'm glad you pointed that out, that, yeah, you might be there for a little while, but it's not going to be uh, forever. Uh, it, it's just people have to understand that the – the veterans, uh, the VA is such a massive, huge machine. It's such a huge department that it just moves so slowly that sometimes it appears at the, at though as though it's not moving, but it really is. It's just taking forever. That's pretty much right, Bert. It uh, it moves awfully slowly, and and that's terribly frustrating for people. And I understand that it's frustrating and. Unfortunately, there are limited things we can do about it. Once in a while, um, you know, as I said, we can find a way to expedite things, but that's the exception, not the rule. And, you know, I, I tell clients, if the reason you're hiring me is you think I'm magically going to make this claim go fast, you're wasting your time. Don't don't, don't come to me. Um, <laughs> what you're coming to me for is to make sure that you get a good result. And as long as they're coming for that reason, we, we do fine before. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, for for those who are are listening, uh, you can check out Francis and his team at veteransbenefits.com, veteransbenefits.com. And you know, it's just a like a lot of things in the legal system, it takes time and and uh, it's unfortunate that uh that this is a uh, step that our women, our brave men and women, have to take uh, to get their benefits, but uh, it's just uh, it's just what it is. There's just unfortunately, there's just no no getting around it. This is part of the process. Is if your benefits have been denied for whatever reason, you got to go through these other steps to get them back. That's that's right, Bert. And Bert, before I let you go, I just wanted to say. I wanted to thank you very much for introducing me to Randy Couture and getting the folks to go to his uh, uh, Sporting Clays event in, in Las Vegas. Uh, it was very kind of you. Well, you know what? It was actually very kind of you to come out and support the event uh, as one of the sponsors there. And and, and uh, that was actually very nice of you because it took you uh, traveling from uh, there from uh, Maine to come out to Vegas and, and – uh, that was a lot of fun, and, and I enjoyed hanging out with you and, and uh, uh, you know, seeing the beautiful sights of Las Vegas at night is always interesting. So it was it was great for you to come out and support Randy Couture and, and, and the stuff that he does for our veterans as well. Well, it was a, it was a nice opportunity, Bert, and I appreciate it. You bet. You bet. As always, Francis, good to have you on the show. It's always good to talk with you. And, again, thank you for helping uh, take care of our brave men and women there at uh, veteransbenefits.com. Thanks, Bert. You take care of yourself. All righty. Good stuff there from attorney Francis Jackson, 
regarding veterans benefits and you can check them out at veteransbenefits.com. Ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor, please. Let's share this episode with as many people as possible. Uh, even though they may not need help or they're telling you they don't need help. Uh, one of the things that Randy Couture pointed out when we were hanging out with them uh, this past weekend uh, or a couple of weekends ago is that soldiers are soldiers and they have the that mentality of, of telling you they don't need help when they really do and, and, and they're trying to soldier on. So share this episode with any military family that you know, with any military personnel, with any veteran that you know, and maybe they don't need help, but at least they know where to get it in case they need it. Maybe it's down the road. Maybe it's never. But veteransbenefits.com is uh, there to help them. And these guys do very valuable work supporting our men and women, our, our brave men and women who have uh, given so much for their country and for us. As always, my friends, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for supporting us as well. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.